The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. You're listening to the Underdog Sports NBA Show. With host Tyler Laurie and Zandrick Ellison. Brought to you by Underdog Sports. Tune in every week as Tyler and Zan recap the biggest storylines and news in the NBA. Welcome to episode 246 of the Underdog Sports NBA show. I am Tyler Laurie and I'm joined as always by my co-host out in LA, Zandrick Ellison. Zan, how are you today? I'm doing well. I'm really enjoying the first round. I think it's our best first round. I want to say since I can remember, but that doesn't mean much because I can barely remember what happened. It's definitely not bad. It's not better than like the bubble first round, right? Like those games were better. There's a couple good series, but there's There's also a couple there. I'd say there's like only a couple that were bad. You know, obviously Phoenix, that was just like a, you know, unfortunate injury situation with the Clippers. Phoenix advances. Denver won fairly easily. Yeah. Gentlemen, gentlemen sweep in Denver, sweep in Philly. Philly was not a good series, but other than that, you know, even the, all right. I don't even know how we want to how we want to start this. There's been so much that happened since the last time to we talk about it. every series. Give 10 minutes on each one. OK, so let's start with what I think is uh, pretty clearly the the best series thus far. Is that is that fair? We are right to start with that. I, I'm guessing you're going to say Sacramento Golden State, but I'm yeah. not even sure. So Sacramento Golden State uh, tied 2-2. And I believe that's the only series tied to two. Is that right? We should know this. I should be better at uh, my job as <laughs> a professional podcaster. But well, and also there's four games going on Wednesday night. So if you listen to this late, you might we might be a little outdated. But there's two two going into Wednesday night. Malik Monk is healthy. Darren Fox not so much. I don't know why I started with Malik Monk, but they need a big game from him. Darren Fox hurt his. And what is the official injury? He has a broken finger. Um, he's going to play tonight. Digit, you know. Uh, I think it's his right finger, right index finger. Right I believe finger. so. Yeah, and so yeah, that is the only series that's that's. I don't think close. right finger is a medical term. <laughs> right, right metatar, right first metatarsal. I don't, okay. I don't actually know. Like Shams reported it that he had a broken finger, and I was so upset to see that news. Like I just was really devastated that like deer and fox is hurt and you know this is now i would say arguably the fourth team that has had their best player have some sort of injury that's going to keep them i guess fifth if you count memphis uh jod didn't miss any games right but so it's 2-2 uh golden state is rightly the favorites on bovada sports book to win the series um i believe they're favorites tonight although yeah, minus two yeah, which again, them being favorites on the road seems a little bit insane to me. But with Fox injured and you know he's not a great shooter to begin with, I don't know how this will affect his shooting on Wednesday night. But you know, you'd expect that they can guard a little bit differently if they're not so worried about him making shots because he's been so good. And so I am disappointed if he is limited. Like if he's fifty percent, I, I just don't see how the Kings can possibly win. Uh, they have to win tonight because I don't think there's any way they win game six at the chase center but man game four of this series i think was the best game of the playoffs thus far it was a great series great intensity throughout high stakes for both teams especially i think 
Well, I don't know who has more at stake because Sacramento might just be happy to have a good series and lose in round I, one. I think Golden State has more at stake because uh, yeah. Sacramento has kind of arrived a little bit earlier than we thought, even though you did tout Mike Brown for coach of the year. Get your nice little 25 to one payout on Bovada <laughs> if you ended up following Zandrick there. But I do think that, you know, Golden State is from a tax perspective and a, and a finances perspective, like things are going to get tight on them pretty quickly. And I would argue that like the Clippers are probably in a similar spot. So if you're Golden State, like, would this be fair to say that the this is loss- a firm window open series for them? Like they need to win this series because they have a chance to make the finals again. But this is how I would split hairs. The loss would be more hurtful to Golden State, but a win would be more meaningful to Sacramento. Yeah, because, for, sh- for sure. You know, for like sure. this would be like oh, not their Super Bowl because maybe they have a chance in the next round. And maybe further, if, if Fox wasn't hurt, you, I mean, you could see the a world where they're in the finals, but Winning a series against, you know, local, you know, hero Golden State would be so big for them. Cherry on top of a great season. But yeah, I agree. I I think it's, I don't want to say it's over because we're talking about. It's not. It's certainly not. And Golden State State doesn't win a lot of road games. So they have to win one. And uh, it's it's funny. Like, I am not confident that they're going to win this series. I would bet on them if I was forced. If someone was like, hey, you have to take this $20 and you have to bet it on Golden State or Sacramento to win the series. I'd bet on Golden State. I'm not that confident, though. And if Fox was fully healthy, I do think Golden State would still be slight favorites, but I, I still would not be confident at all that they're going to win the series. We've seen them do some wild stuff. It sort of reminds me of, and, and the thing that's discouraging from Sacramento's point of view, is like, all right, it's 2-2. You almost went up 3-1. Like, that was your chance, right? Really one close. The, barn shot. the Warriors tried to give it away. Steph calling timeout um, up five was one of the most... It's lucky they won because, like, people probably won't remember it. Obviously, like, it's not you know not going to replace Chris Webber. But I mean, man, that was an unbelievable brain fart. And and I I do think Steve Kerr deserves a lot of blame for that because his his challenge on like the Kavan Looney offensive foul, which would have been Looney's like fourth foul, like was so bad. So I I think like Steph didn't even realize like oh we lost that challenge, we lost our last timeout. Well, they should be aware. Yeah, they should be aware of but, how but many timeouts. He, but. but Kerr was even yelling like yeah we don't have any timeouts, and then Steph still called a timeout. It was so odd. And of course like Fox yeah. makes a three after they make. But a three you know what? It, it's it's tough for Sacramento to go from like oh we almost had that game, we would have been up three one, and now Fox is diagnosed with a you know broken, broken finger, right finger, and um. It feels like your just momentum is just like the balloon is like popped almost, and it, it almost reminds me of. Did you ever see Gladiator or a mo- of course any I, movie? Of course, where, I saw. Of course, I saw Gladiator. Where like the hero has like a fatal injury at the end, but he's able to like slug out one more win at the end. But you know, this is probably their last hurrah. So like, this does not seem like that to me. But, <laughs> but I'm just wrong. saying, like Sacramento, like even if they squeak out a couple wins, like I just I don't think their their life is long in the playoffs after this with the oh. Fox injury. Sorry, it's a uh, left. He's a it's a shattered left index finger, and he's right handed. Fractured left. No, he's a he's a lefty. Uh, Fractured okay. left index finger. Sorry, bad info from us. Credibility also. Just, I didn't even know if he was left handed. So there you go. Um, well, that's really. You should not be admitting that. But I, I don't. I don't. <laughs> here's my problem with with Sacramento. Right. Um, if I was a coach on the Sacramento Kings, I would have been furious watching the film from Sunday. They made so many like small mistakes down the stretch that I think like, you know, kind of get oh they're a young team or whatever. But they they literally just gave the Warriors nine points because they went under two Curry screens up top. They took a bad route on a Clay Thompson screen, specifically Malik Monk on that last one where like these guys are going to make shots like right. I know how insane that sounds, but like you cannot lose sight of what your scouting report is and you cannot 
let your guard down for one second. Like when Curry comes down and makes like a 30 footer with a hand in his face, like, all right, whatever. Right. Zan, like it just happens, but their inability kind of to like capitalize on golden state's mistakes. Like how about they have a two on one and Draymond gets two blocks on Sabonis on the same possession. Like I know Draymond's great. Like he was fantastic to close the game, but like, you got to be sick if you're watching that. Like you, you can't leave points on the board against a team as good as Golden State on the road. And I think Sacramento played more than well enough to win the game. And I think Golden State tried to do everything they could to not win it and to not be able to take that. I think is very demoralizing. And for a young team, typically mm-hmm. I'd say like you know, intangibles don't matter. But I do think for a young team, like it feels like man, we played well enough, we couldn't get it done. Like how are we going to get it done if we don't play that well again? Right? Like you, you're not going to get a 23 plus point performance from Keegan Murray again, right? You can't count on that. And the old Warriors, you know, there would always be a game where it's like, uh-oh, they went crazy from three and, you know, Clay hit seven threes or Steph hit like eight out of ten and he just lost that game. Like, that's a write-off almost, you know? Uh, so maybe we'll have one of those. So it's like you almost have to beat them like the Rockets. Like, if you're going to beat the old Warriors, like, you had to win four out of five close games, basically. Right. Because like, you, you only got have to five. Do, you don't really have to do that now. It's No, not as much. And I do think your comment is is very relevant when we talk about the Warriors and why maybe I we'll we'll talk about Lakers Memphis uh, next because obviously they they match up. But, there, I had, but I had a big picture question for you. Oh, go it, ahead. This is like you know about the Warriors about basketball. You know, it's interesting. People pointed out on social media we might have one of every seed win, like a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and eight. Notably, seven and eight winning. And it feels like we kind of wrote, you know chalked it up as like a fluke in the NCAA tournament where it's like, you know, the one seeds aren't as good as usual. And this year in the NBA, oh, you know, the, the top seeds aren't as strong as usual. Is it that, or is it because teams are shooting so many threes and there's more variance, like teams are not going to be dominating in the playoffs the way they used to, like they can't go on like a 15 to one, you know, winning streak I mean, or whatever. I don't think that honestly, I think combination of a couple things, right? So, you know, I mean, the, it, you you want me to analyze Bucks Heat, right? It's three one. Jimmy Butler all time great performance on uh, mo- Monday night. Really, just yes. a spectacular performance. One of, one of the best playoff performances I've ever seen. Will this team to win? The Bucks should have closed Against, it out. But like you know, Giannis and Brooklyn. They've played. You know. They've played one game with Giannis. Like I, I, I mean, you take Giannis or Jokic or Embiid or Jason Tatum or you know Kawhi Leonard, like you take those guys off their teams, like uh, your big advantage is uh, like the bucks are really good with Giannis. And I think the bucks, I, I, I know on Bovada, it's like the odds are still not very long for the bucks. I think they were like minus or plus plus one twenty or something. Yeah. For the but like, yeah. in terms of like an eight and a seven seed winning, like, I mean, injury luck plays a huge role, right? So if you look at Memphis and you look at the Lakers, like, yes, the Lakers are a lot better. And, you know, shout out to Austin Reeves for like becoming the the playoff guy for the Lakers, kind of like Caruso did a couple of years ago. But, you know, Memphis is missing two of their top seven, eight rotation guys. I mean, Dylan Brooks is mentally injured, but John Moran is clearly not 100 percent. Like and so I, I'm not saying that I think that the Lakers at a, against a full strength Memphis team are going to lose. But I definitely think that Memphis is short on options at this point when, you know, they don't have any margin for error and the Lakers are, are a good team. Like I think the, the, this floor of teams is higher than it's been, but I mm-hmm. think the injuries have been a big, a bigger That's part fair. of like making series even right. Cause even in like Boston, 
you know, like Boston wins on Tuesday night, a, a great win in, I'm sorry, Atlanta wins on, on Tuesday night, a great win in Boston, Trey, big shot late. Like, it's not like we expect Boston to lose that series. So like, maybe it's like the floor is like most of these series should go six games. And, and I, I'm not willing to write off and say, you know, six, seven, eight, one, a series, because even a three, one lead, like, I think there is a big difference. And I've seen that pointed out statistically when you're down three, one, and you have home court, that means you have two home games. Yeah. You just have to win one round game. It's different. Yeah. Sure. And it, and this is sort of the momentum. Like look at Miami, Milwaukee, which plays on Wednesday night. Bucks are favored by 12. You it's know, a maybe big that's spread. High. Shouldn't, maybe it's it high, but <laughs> probably shouldn't be that high. Cause there is some pressure involved. Right. And Giannis, to me, I'm just, saying, I'm just saying, like, if you win that one, you're up 12, you know, favored by 12, you win that. Then all the pressure goes to Miami to win that one yeah. home game they have. And if they don't, then you figure it's, Milwaukee will be a 10 point favorite in game did, seven again. Did you ever watch like the Yankees Red Sox, like 2004, 30 for 30, where like all Kevin Millar kept saying was like, don't let us win one game? Because the second you let that like kind of hope creep in, if you will, you know, people who are truly good at what they do, like they're, they're going to take advantage of that. And like, if I was Miami, like I would not want to lose Wednesday night. Like, obviously like you, you need to do everything you sure. can to close the series out. Cause like, yeah, you get to go and, back and to Miami. Fear but, sets in. but do you think that's true for the other teams that are up three, one? Cause they play Wednesday night, Knicks up three, one on the road, Lakers up three, one on the road, Miami up three, one on the road. Which of those teams do you think would be the most at risk for sort of that, you know, you don't want to use the word momentum, my, but it's just like logistically, it's hard. I think my I think my Miami is probably just because I think the Bucks are the best team, right? Like, mm-hmm. I would be very surprised if Memphis came back and won just because of what we've seen from them. And the Lakers are playing well, but it, it does appear that like the Lakers are just a, a not a great matchup for this iteration of the Grizzlies. But the Bucks are the best team in the NBA, in my opinion. Like maybe Boston's better. I, I don't know. Maybe Philly at full strength is better, but like Milwaukee is very clearly better than. Miami. Miami stole the game. We didn't expect them to get. They got two wins without Giannis, right? Or got a win without Giannis. Like, that's a big deal. So I, I just don't think that, like, there's no reason well, also, to I think, react. And I walk. think there's some adjustments to be made. Like, cause, like, if you talk about X's and O's, I know that's your specialty, but let me give you a few. I think Miami's offense had been sluggish. And then losing Tyler Hero, you're like, oh, man, they're in real trouble now. They played Duncan Robinson and there was a lot of space on the floor. Honestly, right, that's, there was a, that's a lot. where I'm going because they played Duncan Robinson 30 minutes. They played Kevin Love 22 minutes. And I think that space gives Jimmy Butler the option to get inside. I mean, and can Milwaukee take advantage of that on the other side? Because now Miami's can, small. Can we just talk about this series for a second? Like Jimmy Butler is a fantastic player. And every year in the playoffs, we talk about like, man, Jimmy is so good, right? Like we kind of like forget about it. But like, Yes, I agree with you, Zan. Like, X's and O's certainly matter. But also, like, the guy literally made every shot down the stretch. Like, I mean, he was taking tough shots. Like, we never see Jimmy make take and make pull-up threes unless he's really feeling it. It happens, like, twice a year, and it was happening on Monday night. And so, like, yeah, I agree with you. But Kevin Love looks all the way cooked. Like, he just looks all the way cooked. Max Struess has been not good. Gabe Vincent is not that good. Like, I just think that it was a perfect storm of a game right it was in miami too the crowd got involved it was awesome late super fun game and like jimmy butler was just better than Giannis, which is you know it's hard to say but i thought Giannis looked tired like i thought he looked sluggish at the end of the game like and and that's a thing like he's clearly not 100 percent, and i just wouldn't expect that to happen again now all credit to the heat if you know they play duncan robinson 30 minutes and jimmy has another 50 then you know you're a genius and i'm an idiot whatever but like I do think there's part of the game on Monday where you just tip your hat to Jimmy Butler and you're just like, hey, man, yeah, fantastic. Well, he made not only 56 points, but 
16 of 20 on two. So he was just con- making yeah. everything inside against a big, made, strong team. He made four threes or th- three or four three threes. Three out of eight. So. Yeah. And, and, and he made his had an 18 from free throw, which probably won't repeat. And he made his last, he wise. made the two threes in the fourth quarter that were like huge shots, like back to back threes that were like backbreakers where, you know, normally he's not taking those shots. And again, this is yeah. not a knock on Miami. This is not a knock on, on any sort of like, you know, way that we would watch a team set up, but I but think yeah, the talent I, I think, discrepancy in Milwaukee, Miami is quite large. And yeah, whereas if, I, if like Miami's plan B was like, let's play shooting, give some space. And then Milwaukee's like counter, I definitely think is like to dominate inside. Cause like, even in the game, they lost 16 offensive rebounds compared to only nine for Miami. I think that won't go away. I think they're going to, you know, dominate inside a little bit more. I think Giannis hopefully gets going. And I, <sighs> I would. You know, I don't know. I don't love the plus one twenty to win three games in a yeah, row. Yeah, like I'd, I'd rather it, that's that is outrageous. I was talking about that like with somebody. A stay like, away, but... It's just like, but it, it's it shows that like Vegas and Bovada like feel the same way, kind of that we do. That no, they're not the favorite, and they shouldn't be. But like, it's very close because you know Miami is just not that good, and you know I think that's that's the bottom line. I, I will say you know, one thing that I love about the playoffs is it kind of reminds us like who's really good, and you, you kind of like don't get to see it if you don't watch a ton of games and like, but like, man, Brooke Lopez is just a fantastic basketball player. Right. Like I I understand he he gets all this credit for changing his game to become like a three point shooter. And everyone talks about his defense, but like when he has to score, like he can still really score the basketball. It's, it's really quite interesting, honestly, to watch a guy like him because he's, you know, definitely not close to a hall of famer, right? Like he's not, but he was a, he and his brother were McDonald's all Americans. They were, you know, lottery picks. Like he was a good player in Brooklyn. He made a lot of money, like, but everyone was kind of like, Oh, he's flawed. He's this, he's that. And like, man, Brooke Lopez is really good. And like, I don't really have many other call outs about Brooke Lopez, but like just truly a no, very good NBA true. player for, for a long time, you know? Cause I think he's a guy, you know, who was drafted 10th cause even slipped. Cause they're like, eh, I mean, he's defensively, he's a little slow and you wouldn't think he's the kind of guy who would age well. No, but he's yeah. aged like amazingly well, right? Like yeah, all these other dudes. Hall of Fame. He he's only made one All Star team, but he has scored twenty points. Four. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa! Wait a second. Brooke Lopez has only made one All Star game. One All Star game happened in Brooklyn. I would have thought he made like three or four. I mean, he was like a twenty and ten guy for like five years straight. And well, you, you know, know we love twenty and ten. Is is the perception he wasn't a good defender? His rebounding has always been bad because I, you know counter is that he boxes out well um but he's never averaged as many uh he only he's never gotten 20 and 10 he's only peaked at eight and a half rebounds right because he's not a good he's not a great rebounder you're right about that yeah and he doesn't play huge minutes um but yeah i think they i think they're in decent shape no i mean they're not in they're, i mean they're in the, the worst one. <laughs> they're in the worst scenario they could possibly be in but i agree with you like milwaukee you're more confident that they can win three straight now one thing with this team has been like when we've seen this happen to them in years past, you know, prior to them winning a title, they haven't really rebounded as well, not rebounded in terms of rebounding the basketball, but they haven't like rebounded against the pressure quite as well as like maybe we'd expect them to. And I, right, I guess that's I, true. I just they don't know how that one really good run for as good as they are. They've only had one really good playoff run. Um, I mean, what about lost, this though? That's not fair though. They didn't have Chris Middleton last year. Like, and Giannis was spectacular, but like, I, I mean, when your team is built the way it's supposed to be, like, you know, you. I was giving you some crap this morning because you texted me about Russell Westbrook's line in their <laughs> their loss on Tuesday night, right? Which is totally fine, but like, 
the Clippers are playing without Paul George and Kawhi. Like you, you don't have Russell Westbrook on your team to be your number one option, right? Like that's and so in the playoffs when stuff like that happens, you know, you lose your number one and your number two but, option. Like it's a big deal. It is. Can, it's a big deal. Can I make the argument that I think we're going to see multiple game sevens? I'm not writing these series off, and I so think which, we're going to so see. I which, think we're going to see two out of those three teams that are down three one win. That's my oh, wow. pick of the day. So which which okay? So here are your current three one series. Yes. Milwaukee and Miami, right? And and Miami's and I'm penciling that, them as the one most likely. Right. Cleveland and, and New York, the Knicks have clearly been better through four games. Like very clearly been better. Uh Cleveland looks very stagnant on offense. No answer for Jalen Brunch. And Josh Hart has been like fantastic. I, I don't know why that's happening. Um, so I don't and if you're I don't Portland, think that, you gotta have to look yourself in the mirror because isn't Josh Hart like exactly who Portland I, would want? Yeah, I don't understand that at all. Uh and then your last one is is the Lakers and, and Memphis. And I think the Lakers haven't been like, you know, clearly better, but they have been better, right? There's been some overtime games. Like I, I wouldn't say that it's a guarantee, I but would say Mem- I don't think that series, series is going. So. I think that's the series I would look at as m- the second most likely to be a three, one comeback. And I'll give you my argument. Twofold. One is Desmond Bain shooting a lot, not scoring as well as we thought he would. He's only shooting 29% from three. If that oh, changes. They, they can't make any threes. Like yeah. Memphis has been, I mean, let's, we should probably talk a little bit more in depth about this series. So, well, well I'm doing it right now. So yeah, let's, let's do <laughs> yeah. it. Let's do it. I know. So I'm saying if Bane gets a little hotter and then on the other hand, like of doubting the Lakers, there's a couple of reasons to doubt the Lakers still as good as they've looked. Like I still don't feel like they trust D'Angelo Russell as much as they should. Even Anthony, I like Anthony Davis Russell. is like very clearly banged up. Uh, well, that on, was going to be on, third on Monday night. He was like, you know, he had like a hip injury. Like LeBron couldn't go by Xavier Tillman. It, you know, it, there were some real signs yeah. of like concern. Well, that, so but, the, I just think the clunk. There's a little clunkiness still in the team, and the Anthony Davis thing is what I was going to get to. It's like he's averaging 4.8 blocks a game. Unbelievable. Maybe one of the he's, best playoff performers of the year. He's a fantastic defender, but it's weird. But can he get through three games without getting hurt? I mean, he is he reached that point where it's like not quite Kawhi, but it's just like, is there any reason to think that he's going to get through the playoffs without being okay. the games here or there? Uh, the counter to that is he's averaging 39 minutes a game through four games. Yeah. So he's he's certainly available. Uh like I said, it's just it's weird. Like, you know, I think what was it, game one or game two, when it was like, oh man, Anthony Davis broke his arm and then he was fine. And then like game four, he's like got this hip problem. He's like moping around a little bit on offense. And he always con- looks hurt. <laughs> it's con- it's concerning that like he's always sort of injured. You're just waiting for the other shooter drop. But they, they, my, my problem with, so <laughs> I mean, a couple things on this series. Like, first of all, Dylan Brooks is just an absolute clown. Um, yeah. You know, we were, we were kind of critical of Draymond. I thought after game two, as we should have been in terms of like him getting suspended. And then Dylan Brooks goes, they win game two, Memphis wins game two. They go to LA. Dylan Brooks has this whole like thing about how he's not afraid of LeBron and he pokes bears and LeBron's old. And then he goes and gets himself ejected for excessive contact, which I thought was like very clearly a flagrant too. Like yeah. I, it didn't look like he went for the ball at all. Uh, refuses to talk to the media, which again, you can't be this like villain guy. Like at least Draymond just like gets up there and says whatever he wants. But also like the other thing about Dylan Brooks is like, he is playing terribly. Like he is just 
the worst player on the Memphis Grizzlies currently, other than maybe like Santi Aldima because he can't guard anybody. But like Dylan Brooks is not, I mean, he can't make a shot. The Lakers aren't guarding him. He's kind of, I don't think he's like awoke in the beast in the Lakers, but like guy, like let, let's maybe have a good game before we do this. I mean, it, yeah. it, it, it's so bad. He, the, I think he's cost himself $50 million, I would imagine. Yeah, in the last funny. He's like that guy. You know, every team needs like an agitator, a tough guy, but he's like, if you're in a group of friends, you know, you go out to a bar or something, he's like the five, six guy who's picking fights with everyone. You're like, don't pick a fight. Like, like, Come we on, don't want to cover for you um, here, you know? But I mean, you, you can't, you know, you're, he's averaging 11 points a game and like points per game isn't everything, but like he's shooting 33% yeah. from two and 22 And he's been bad all year. Shooting. It's just I been mean, bad. Like, and so... You know, when you when you like you said, Desmond Bain's not really making shots. Ja has actually been, you know, quite good. He, he's clearly like a little bit limited, but you know, their supporting cast is tough. Like he's he's not getting a lot of help. Jaron Jackson struggling a bit, I think, with Anthony Davis, which is not a surprise. Like AD is that good. You know, your boy Luke Kennard, uh, they they probably need to play him because they need somebody to make a shot, but he just gets hunted like relentlessly on defense when he's in the game and. I just think Memphis is cooked, man. Like, I, I really do. Maybe maybe they win game five I, in Memphis and then, like, the Lakers. I think being home, having that sort of swagger back from the crowd maybe will help them from, like, an emotional standpoint. But for the Lakers, some signs, potential signs of regression. Rui's been, like, amazing. He's been really good. Yeah. 62% from three. I, I, I do. Can I, hold on. Can I cut you off for a second? I do think that their size has bothered Memphis, right? Because, like, yeah. Memphis has, like, you know, Tyus Jones is not a big guy, right? David Roddy's been playing a lot of minutes. Like, Santi Aldima's, like, a, a taller guy, but he's not not got a lot of girth. Like, you know, they're not really, you know, Xavier Tillman is is not a big guy. Like, I, I think that the Lakers' size, like, from a wing perspective, has really caused Memphis problems in terms of, like, defending them. And I think that, you know, it would be interesting against a team like Golden State, who, you know, we've, let's assume Golden State advances, but even Sacramento, like, those teams have small guards, man. Like they don't have like big time wing defenders. But I also want to follow up what I said. Like D'Angelo Russell, I've never been a fan of. I've always thought he was overrated. But like I think they need to trust him more. Like he's not Kyrie Irving, but he's as close as they're going to get right now. But when you're and, when you're saying that like they need to trust him more, like what do you mean? Like I mean, on like, a team, on a team like with LeBron, LeBron, like you're not going to be the secondary ball handler. Right, with but LeBron, like LeBron I think you would admit. LeBron's stats have been good, amazing given his age. You know, he can't. And, he just can't make a shot. Like he can't make right. a jumper. And it's like it's not easy for him to score as it used to be. He, he, to me, and again, I, I know I texted you that like it was unreal at, at how he played. I thought on Monday night, you know, the rebounding, all that stuff. But like, there's a very clear warning sign that LeBron can no longer get to the rim against bigger players, and that's yeah. tough. That's hard to see. That's what I'm saying. And then Anthony Davis is on and off offensively. So I think they need another guy who they can trust to be like, hey, run the offense for five minutes and take there, your shots. Have a green light. But so I feel like he doesn't feel like he has that. What are you talking? That's been Austin Reeves. Like I'm, I'm not well, saying that I'm not I, saying that fine, I think but, I'm not saying that I think it should be Austin Reeves or that it 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 was going to be, but he's been very capable in that role in this specific series. And he's been great for the whole second half of the year. But I just think, like, you know, you acquired Russell, you acquired Malik Beasley, who they don't trust at all. Why can't Malik Beasley make a shot? <laughs> I don't know. He can't play. He he's been be like the raggedy same player. Raggedy, he's been like the same player in Minnesota and Utah. Like, and, and obviously, like, the Malik Beasley, like, you know, there are rumors that he likes to party too much. He obviously had the Larsa Pippen thing going on where, like, it's kind of like, hey, man, like, let's let's kind of get this under control. But he's always been, like, a capable, like, standstill three-point shooter. And he's not that with the Lakers. Right. And, like, 
rightfully so to some degree, like Rob Plinka got so much credit for remaking the team, but Russell hasn't played that well for them. You know, Beasley's not playing. Mo Bamba doesn't play at all. But it's not so much that like those guys aren't playing well, but that they give you like legitimate NBA options, right? Like Jared Vanderbilt, you know, he's not been great, but like his role is important. Like D'Angelo Russell, you can play him and not feel like, oh man, like we're we're getting crushed when LeBron doesn't have the ball, right? I mean, Schroeder's the same way. It's like you don't really want to have to be relying on those guys to play 35 minutes a night, but you know, 20, 25 minutes, change of pace, like they're legitimate rotation players. Yeah, and and compared to some teams like Phoenix, Denver, you know, who can't even find like a sixth or seventh guy, like they do have... (laughs) Denver has six, Denver has six guys. Phoenix, Phoenix, I don't, I don't know, man. (laughs) They might have four, I don't know. So, so, but like, this is my point with, with what you're saying, like Memphis doesn't have that right now, right? Like obviously Steven Adams would play and obviously Brandon Clark would play, but like, you know, Zaire Williams, what does he have? Like, I think he's played one minute in the series, right? Kenneth Lofton got into a game because like they were like, oh yeah, he's Kenneth Lofton is an active player on their bench. He didn't have a contract to start the year. Like, and they, they're going to rude the fact that let Kyle Anderson go. Anthony yeah. Melton Anthony go. Melton. That's exactly yeah, right. And, and it might, you know, and, and I do think in a, in a, in a macro sense, like perhaps those decisions are better down the road, but for this year and the way that this, that this season has broken for them, it is very clear that they are not deep enough. And, you know, so even if they were to come back on the Lakers, like there's no chance I'd have them as a favorite against either Sacramento or Golden State, whoever. It's it's an interesting roster decision, too, because these are all anticipated problems coming into the year, even though you think, hey, we're a top four seed quality team. Dylan Brooks is like our only good wing like player defender. Like, are we okay with that? Maybe they thought Zaire would be ready. I think I I think he he regressed. And I think Danny, that's been one of the bigger problems for sure. So yeah, like they weren't even in the market for another guy. I guess they didn't like ultimately like they're gonna have to replace Dylan Brooks with a better player, right? Like that's yeah, where yeah. the team gets better. Uh so I, I think that's like the biggest problem is like he just hasn't been good enough for them. And you know, Desmond Bain, I, you know, it's interesting, like, like the Lakers are not a great defensive team, but like their size and length does cause problems for teams. And I'm I'm very interested to see, like, I would my expectation is the Lakers win this series, whether it be in five or six. Like, I don't expect this to go to seven. I just think Memphis hasn't been good enough. But I also expect Golden State to win. And I do think that Bovada should probably install Golden State as a pretty healthy favorite. Now, yeah. they won't because, you know, it, it won't be crazy because, like, one, they don't win world games. But two, you know, Lakers fans like to bet on the Lakers. And, you know, if the Lakers were to beat Memphis in five, I, I think that there's a chance that, like, the Lakers could come out and be – you know, the I NBA is licking their chops. G- given the ratings for Golden State, oh Sacramento, can Golden you imagine State, the ratings? Golden State, Golden State Lakers State. would have. I mean, the only thing that would probably rate higher would be like the Lakers in Boston, right in the in the finals. And like, I think I, I agree with you. I think the Lakers. I'm like kind of nit, not even nitpicking. I just don't think they're totally gelled. And compared uh, to like a team like the Warriors, who haven't really played that well, but they did win the title last year. Yeah, with the I, same team. I I personally think that the Lakers are. Good, not great. Like, I, they're yeah. not drawing dead, right? They have a chance to win the title, I think. They have a, a small chance. I don't I don't think LeBron is healthy enough. Um, like you said, I don't really believe in Anthony Davis. I also certainly don't believe that we're going to watch the Austin Reeves show for, like, the rest of the playoffs, like, against, you know, a guy like Andrew Wiggins. Like, yeah, he, he picks on Tyus Jones, and he'll pick on, like, you know, a Jordan Poole or a Malik Monk. But, like, I just think, like, Memphis just doesn't have the horses, in my opinion. And, it, you know, it does look a little bit too... I don't want to pull this card. I'm not in the locker room. I don't know this, but like, it does look a little bit like Ja is maybe sort of checked out. Like maybe just is like, 
all right with this season ending. Do you get that sense or am I just like, no, I, I don't think so. I, the thing that scares me about jaws is like, same with your boy, Russell Westbrook. It's just, you know, I don't trust him in the half court. All, as all, much as all, the numbers gas, all gas, no breaks. At some point, Ja is going to like break his neck, trying to like do some sort of wild dunk in the half court. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's just always trying to like jump over people. It's, it's just, it hasn't been like the winning formula for any team ever to have like, an athletic attacking guard lead you to a title. I mean, I'm sure that's wrong, but I, I mean, is there one? I mean, I, too, I, I, um, I don't remember Isaiah Thomas, but I don't think he played like that. No, no. But you're you're saying, I mean, other teams have had like attacking guards before, but I understand what as you're their saying. best is, players. I don't know. Yeah, no, maybe not as their best player. I mean, you're we're not because you're not counting that. Like you're not counting Steph Curry as such, obviously. No, no. even though he, he was best player. Yeah, although he guard. has some turnover, you know, he's out of control at times too. Is Given the timeout situation, I, I, you know, we didn't talk much about Cleveland. It's like LeBron doesn't really count, right? Like that's the problem. Like LeBron is yeah. a wing, well, I guess. It's like even he's six eight, like, but like LeBron is, you know, LeBron is like who you know Russell Westbrook would be if he was like six eight, obviously. Or Dwayne Wade, you could argue. Dwayne Wade, Dwayne Wade is yeah. the only Dwayne Wade is the answer. And and again, I've I've said this before, like you know that two thousand five series. Um, who knows what actually happened? So. Uh, but yeah, Jordan, if you want to say Michael Jordan, but he's bigger. He's bigger. Yeah. Um, we didn't talk about Cleveland just because I don't, I bet on them. I like them, but they just haven't shown that they're the team that, that the stats said they were, you know, am I, like, am I like rolling in the wins draft right now? Like if Milwaukee loses, like you, you might be in trouble, I'm right? Dead. Yeah. I mean, like it's been a, it's been a rough start because neither one of us has Miami. So that's a huge leak, but I think I have the Knicks, right? Uh, I I took the Cavs because I I was just really high on the Cavs. Right. I have Philly, and then I have Boston. Well, if Milwaukee loses, you know, yeah, you're in one. trouble. Losing <laughs> losing your first overall pick is going to be real tough for you uh, yeah. to get one win. I you know the Cleveland thing is interesting. So I expected Cleveland to win uh, before the series. They were slight favorites on Bovada. I, I want to say it wasn't it wasn't like huge, but I expected them to win. Um, they have looked bad in my opinion. They've looked bad on offense. You know. Donovan Mitchell kind of came out and said, like, I have to be better, but does he really need to be better? Is, is he the problem? Like, they, they can't get stops. And yeah. then all of a sudden they can't score. And I I didn't think that, like, J.B. Bickerstaff would be on the hot seat before the playoffs because Cleveland had such a good year. But I do think, like, this is kind of – I mean, he he looks like he's getting outcoached by Thibs by a, a wide margin. Yeah, I, I and I don't know why. Like, I mean – you know, we've talked a lot about Cleveland. So unusual, two little guards, two big guys, not much in between. It just, I think that I wonder when right now everyone's still blaming the fifth starter issue, which we've highlighted all year. But at what point did they say, maybe these two big guys aren't ideal together because neither of them are shooting at this point yet. I mean, uh, Mobley might get there, but and I mean, then Zan, also, this is do we team, want two little guards together? I don't know. This is, this team has not broken a hundred points in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like they're averaging 94 points a game and like, yeah, these teams play slow, like they're playing very slow, but you know, you would expect Cleveland to be like dominant on the offensive glass, right? They're not, they're getting out rebounded. Like you would expect that Donovan Mitchell is the best player in the series. He's not been. So what, what are we looking at here? Like, is it that you just getting out tough? I mean, like those big guys are big, but they're, they're tall, but they're not physical really right i mean jared Jared allen's jared allen's pretty physical but compared to brunson and josh hart like they have that like grittiness to them Thibodeau style yeah i I agree i don't know i mean i'm so off on this series i can't really predict but i i just don't have anything that gives me great confidence that 
Cleveland's going to turn it on. I, I certainly agree with you. I, I don't, I mean, this is going back to Cleveland for game five. You know, one thing I will say, uh, Mitchell Robinson is very interesting in the sense that he does allow the Knicks to play quite differently when he's in the game than when they have Hartenstein or like Randall as the front court. Um, and also, you know, it was very interesting at the end of game four, like Julius Randall didn't play in the fourth quarter. And now some of that is because like Obi Toppin was playing pretty well, but also like Randall hasn't looked super healthy. His shot profile is like, you know, we've complained about it for a couple of years. And so I'm very interested to see, like, there's a good chance we get Nick's heat in the second round. Yeah. And like, Julius Randle's injured, Tyler Hero's injured. Like, what? This is going to be a just a disastrous series. Well, you know, I posed this question on Reddit. I'm curious your thoughts. So, as you said, if it stands right now, it would be you know Miami eight seed versus the Knicks, and then on the other side of the bracket, Boston, Philly, probably, and those would probably be the two clearly best teams in the bracket. Do you think the NBA should re? Uh, configure the bracket like the NFL does. Yeah, reseeding, reseeding would be fun, I think, but yeah. it's just like it's not going to happen, right? And in this sense, it would it be could. fun. But, but, but mean, most of the time in the NBA, like the top seeds advance, so you're not usually in this sort of position. Is there any but, downside to but it? But here, yeah, here's the downside: like Boston is the two seed; they deserve home court advantage in a series against Philly if they are to play each other. And like, yeah, I get what you're saying. Like that, that would, be that would still on. be that would still be later on. What's the well? They have to get to that point though. So you're saying you want to take them while they're vulnerable? I, I don't know. What, what's the argument there? Yeah, I just I just think like the way that it plays out now, like you get the two seed or the three seed and like you get to play the three seed in the second round. And like that's the way this works. Like if you're Boston, you deserve a chance to just beat Philly when you can. You know, well, I mean, I, if I'm Boston, I feel like, hey, Philly, wait, we'll wait. We'll, although and the only benefit now is maybe Embiid's hurt. But who are going to bring? Yeah, we that? need to talk about that. I don't know. Reseeding would be fine with me, honestly. Like, I don't have a problem with it. And you're yeah, asking it me, might like, be what an would be wrong year, with it? Because of the Milwaukee injury. And it's obviously not going to happen because like, it's not going to happen this week, right? Well, like, I think there would be some chatter about it if we see, like, a really dog Miami Knicks series. You know, I the, the, the reason that I don't think it's really necessary in the NBA is seeding at the top seems to matter less you know like there's a yeah. lot of teams that like they're really the best team in the league but they're the four seed you know so who cares um but i don't know something to think about yeah I, i'm not opposed to that uh let's talk about that other let's talk about philly for a second so philly sweeps brooklyn um they play game four so game three really probably the best game of that series um and bead was awful just really bad offensively like moping around you know, he kicks Nick Claxton in the nuts or like not necessarily in the nut area, but doesn't get ejected. Um, Nick Claxton gets a technical, then gets another technical and he gets ejected. Then James Harden gets ejected for like the stupidest thing I've ever seen, sort of because they like missed the Embiid thing. And then, you know, Philly wins. Great game. Embiid game saving block. And then it comes out after the game that Embiid has a sprained MCL and uh, he did not play game four. Philly very fortunate. They win game four. Uh, Atlanta beating Boston on Tuesday night means that this series won't start until next Monday. All I've heard is that Embiid just needs rest. Like, it's not something you could change with the surgery. Uh, Doc said 50-50 for him to come back for the start of this series. They're going to get as most the most amount of time they can get between him playing. Here's my concern, Sam. One, Embiid is unreliable. He's always unreliable. But two... Now you don't have any rest time really in between games because the series got pushed back. Every game has one day off in between. I really worry about Embiid's ability to one, get in shape, 
to play again, even if he can. And two, like, how is his knee going to hold up, you know, play off, play off, play? How How is his knee going to hold up for the rest of the playoffs? Like, I, I'm very concerned about this. And it sucks because, like, you know, with the Milwaukee-ness up in the air and Boston, something's going on in Boston. Like, uh, they clearly, like, could have beaten Atlanta and they just didn't do it. I, I don't know what's going on in Boston. But, like, Philly looks like a real chance to win the title. And I don't think they can do it. Like, I just think the MB thing is too big of a deal. It's a great point that I forgot about Boston, like struggling to finish off Atlanta. Like now in hindsight, like, man, you really wish you got that sweep and try to get the series going as quickly as possible. Right. I think it would have started. I mean, the earliest it could have started was Saturday. So it was either Saturday or Monday. Yeah, like right? the Denver Phoenix series, which should be amazing, is start Saturday. Right. Um, even though there are potentially other games going on in the first round. Um, but yeah, you want to you want to attack them while they're vulnerable. And I think Boston's fine. I, I I chalk their loss up to. I kind of think they're fine too, but like it's just yeah. odd to not see them close it out in Game Five on Tuesday night. Like Trey made a big shot that he probably shouldn't have taken. It's one of those shots where you're like, oh, he's got to take it. Then his dad tweeted about how Quinn Snyder was great and the best thing to ever happen to him. And it's like, all right, the Hawks are just a dumpster fire. Like, but I, I do think, don't you think that was like that even losing four two puts to bed the idea of them trading Trey Young because it's yeah, like I he can so. still do that. There's an article on the Athletic. I think it came out this morning that was like playoff Trey is back, and I was like, man, he was so bad in games one and two, and like Dejounte Murray wasn't there on Tuesday that night. Three times that's like a big issue. Like Trey's not going to get to play the same way with Dejounte Murray back, and so it's like, did this game really tell us much? Like the guy. Trey is great. He's a fantastic offensive player, but he is clearly not great in the locker room. Uh, he has some ball hoggish tendencies to him. Um, I'm not really sure why Boston wasn't able to close the game out. I would expect them to close them out in Atlanta. I think they'll come out focused. I do think it was like a focus issue. Like Tatum wasn't, didn't seem ready to go on Tuesday night. And so again, but if you're Boston now, I mean, here, here's what I'm thinking. So let, let's assume Boston closes this series out. And I would say, yeah. I think Boston is almost surely the favorite on Bovada to win the NBA title right now. I, I don't have it open in front of me, but I would imagine they are. Like, you're just going to throw bodies in beat, right? Like, you're just going to make sure you push the tempo, like you make him have to work on defense. Because, like, there's nothing that we've seen with Joel Embiid that says, like, he's going to heal and just be ready to go, right? It's not going to be a Giannis situation where we were, like, not so sure about him in the NBA finals a couple of years back. And then all of a sudden by game three, we we're like, all right, Giannis is fine. That's not how Embiid works. Yeah, and the, you're right about Boston. And plus 200 to win the title. Phoenix next, plus 400. Milwaukee, plus 650. Golden State, plus 700. Lakers, plus 700. What's Denver, Phil- still not getting a lot of respect. Philly and Denver are both. Yeah, 9 to 1. Both of them. So I'm sorry. Could you read me the Lakers title odds? I'm sorry. Can, can I? 7 to 1. They're 7 to 1. And what is Golden State? 7 to 1. The, what? Do do Lakers fans just like blindly have tons of cash to like fire into the abyss, into the abyss on the on the Lakers? I I know no one's predicting Miami to win the title, even if they get through this series. But it's interesting. They're right now 65 to one Milwaukee, six to one. So I don't even I don't even think Miami wins the title one in 65 times. I'm just going to say that right now. Like I I don't have any any like statistical basis to say that. I, I just personally Miami's just not very good to me. And I understand like they've been dealt a good hand. Like the Giannis injury is obviously a huge deal. Uh, you know, he played a little bit in game one, but basically didn't play in game one, two and three. So, you know, based, it's mar- interesting based. They don't have it up on Bovada. Maybe they do other places. I don't know if you want to jump here yet to round two, but based on the series, you know, Western conference champion odds based on the title odds, seems like Phoenix is going to be favored over Denver. 
I mean, I think that makes sense. Honestly, like Denver has looked good, not great. Um, I do think there is a perception that the Clippers are better, but also they just played three games without Kawhi and Paul George. Clippers kind of in disarray. Like, I don't think that Phoenix winning some close games against the Clippers, yeah, like they, I said, they didn't impress me. Did they, they impress but, you? You are, no, not really. I definitely I mean, Booker, Booker pretty Booker. impressive on offense, and Duran is is Duran. I've told you, I, I still think he's not as explosive as he was. I'm excited to see this series just because, you know, like there are some real interesting matchups here, and Denver does have guys that can guard Devin Booker. Nobody has anybody that can guard Kevin Durant, so you know we don't need to go there. But like, you know, Denver has the offensive firepower to play with Phoenix. And, you know, you've pointed this out over and over again, but like Phoenix is not going to play optimally. And so, you know, Denver might end up in a situation where they make 30 or 40 more threes than yeah. Phoenix. I, I kind of think Denver's going to, I'll tell you why, if you want to jump there. Yeah, it's fine. Cause I'm thinking, look, he, Phoenix, you know, mid range gods or whatever, but like you could throw KCP or Bruce Brown at Devin Booker and do okay. Yeah, I mean, you can do you can do down, you can do okay for sure. Yeah. And then Aaron Gordon's about as good as you would want on, on Kevin Durant, right? I mean, like, he's a good defender, tall enough, athletic enough. And on the other end, you know, the both teams have the I think their biggest weakness is just like depth, especially at center. It's, yeah, it's definitely it's like, depth. so who's gonna foul out? Like Aiton or Jokic, and I would imagine Aiton just because he's you know, it doesn't have like the IQ, I guess, basketball so, IQ. Of, so Phoenix in five games shot 118 threes, by the way. I just wanted to get this out yeah. while I was looking at it. So Phoenix shot 118 threes in five games and Denver shot 162. So it's, you know, quite a bit of a difference. Yeah, they really need to change that. And it's just like, do you trust Torrey Craig or Okogi to hit those open shots sometimes, but not all the time? Do you trust Biombo to play minutes? I mean, that's what they're, they're going to play Biombo. That's the thing. Yeah, like these to. teams, you know, it's just like we've talked about this, but like, you know, Christian Braun and Jeff Green are going to play. I think we, I, I, I'm not excited for this, but I, I think we might see some like dust off DeAndre Jordan in like the second quarter minutes, which would be terrible for Denver. But like, that's the big issue with this. And if we, if we're talking about the playoffs from like a, a holistic sense, right? These two teams are probably the most talented starting fives. I, I would say just because, uh, you know, like KD and and uh, Jokic are both better than like Tatum, right? Maybe Philly's up there. And and again, I, I think I'm probably underselling Philly a little bit because of the, the Embiid injury. But like, if you play Boston, you, you are playing against like, they have like seven guys who are capable NBA starters, right? Like Derek White is would start for basically every team in the league, you know? Yeah. And I think he is starting now, but like Brogdon would start for every team in the league. Like, they have two, they have a big man rotation, you know, like Horford, Robert Williams. Those guys are starters, even though Horford's like kind of a little past his yeah. time. Like they are in a different position in the sense that like they can play really seven. They, they are pretty comfortable. Sam Hauser and Grant Williams will play some and they're they're comfortable enough with him. But like they play seven guys that if any of those seven guys has to play 35 or 40 minutes, they're pretty comfortable with that. Yes. And I don't think any other team has that. Yeah, it's surprisingly thin all across the board. I think the Clippers might have had that actually if they were healthy. Well, but if they were healthy. That was yeah. what I always loved about the Clippers. Yeah. What about this argument? Say you're Phoenix, say you're Monty Williams. You're, you know, ah, I don't want to play Biombo. You know, I have to sometimes. But if Jokic isn't going to be out for long, let's say he's out for eight minutes a night, couldn't you get away with Durant, a small ball center? Like, how's that going to hurt you? Yeah, you can. I think even, I, I think against Denver specifically. Yeah, like, like what are they going to do? Punish you with DeAndre Jordan and Jeff Green? Like, they don't, no, you know. They're going to punish you with Jokic, right? Like, he'll post. But I'm saying when Jokic is out. Yeah, I would, you could play. As a you small could do ball that. Center. They might play like Zeke Naji, 
He, he yeah, but still, I'll take my chances with Zeke Naji guarding Durant or whatever it is. So, like, we're yeah. The interesting thing is, I, I'm expecting that Bruce Brown and Aaron Gordon will get most of the Durant minutes, right? Like, you you would assume yeah. that. I I don't think you can let Michael Porter guard him for an extended period of time, but like maybe you can have Michael Porter guard him because, like, in the half court, he could he could bother him with some length, right? Like, maybe you could do that, but you know, I I don't know. It, this is an interesting series in the sense that like. Either of these teams can win the title. Yes. I, like I said, I don't think the Lakers can win the title, but I do think Golden State could potentially win the yeah, title if they can figure things you. out. Yeah. But even in like the East, when you're talking about like, hey, the playoffs have been good, like I just don't really agree with you. Like there's been some good games and there's some very interesting storylines, but from an actual like playoff standpoint, I don't know that this has been a very good playoffs. Like I, if Miami advances, like that's going to be a huge blow, I think. Like that stinks, you know? And then like you're going to get one of Miami. The well, yeah, then the rest of the the Eastern Conference Finals suddenly gets and then boring. if Embiid and if Embiid is hurt, like you know, I, I like Philly. I think they'll play really hard. I think it's really fun to kind of like see James Harden have to be that number one guy again. But like they're not going to beat Boston without Embiid. They're not, probably not going to beat Boston with Embiid, right? And so like that just sucks. Kawhi Leonard not playing, Paul George not playing. Like we got some good games in that Phoenix series, Game One. But like after yeah. that, we, you do you know, want to talk about Kawhi? Torn meniscus. Yeah, like, so Kawhi tore his meniscus. What does that mean? What's the recovery time? Uh, he'll be, I mean, he'll be able to play next year, obviously, but it depends on how the tear is. I also mm-hmm. know this randomly, but it depends on where the direction of the tear is. So if you were to tear, if you think of the meniscus like a circle, mm-hmm. I only know this because we had a guy tear his meniscus the wrong way and it was a big problem. But if you tear, if your meniscus is like a circle, a lot of your tears come like kind of on the sides, right? And there are slight tears, right? Not a total rupture, which would be like torn half. But if you tear it like from the top, it actually is more of an issue, I guess. So I don't know. Like, I, who knows how it'll be? But I feel Can bad I defend for, the Clippers for one second, though, on this front? I mean, they're, they're, I want, disaster. I mean, it's a disaster. Like, it's not even, again, it's. You know, everybody can say, like, don't spend a ton of money on, like, old rickety stars with injury history. But, like, in theory, I don't think this was any worse of a plan than anybody else had. Other than, That's like, what I'm saying. draft like, Giannis, you know? Right. Like, this is, like, the worst case result from what the risk they took. And I want to say, like, you know, people act like, oh, they made such a bad decision. They took this risk, didn't work out. Like, that's the nature of risk, right? Like, if it was guaranteed, it wouldn't be called a risk. I mean, like, you know that when you make a move like that, it might only work out 30% of the time, but the upside is worth it. So I don't think you can criticize too much when it's that 70% time it doesn't work out. And I would go a step further. I think the risk they took, you know, acquiring Paul George, acquiring Kawhi, who weren't that old. I think they were like 30 at the time. and you know, giving up the future made more sense at that time of the decision made than Toronto trading for Kawhi as a rental for a year. And it just yeah. happened to work well, out for Toronto. And it didn't work out. Like, you know, we, we say this a lot and it's, you know, it's not fun analysis to say that like luck plays a huge role yeah. in what you do. But obviously like I will, I will say this till the end of time, like the bubble situation for the Lakers was like the pandemic was not lucky in any sense, but like the fact that they got to come in with you know being rested and like play themselves into shape like everybody else did like i think that mattered quite a bit to the lakers in 2020 right and nobody thinks about that as luck they're just like oh yeah they won in the bubble but like you had anthony davis you had lebron who are not you know lebron was healthy ish but you know he's getting up there like we're we're watching what it's like for lebron to now try to navigate being like almost immortal right like yeah. almost a normal human being and so you know again philly like maybe they're good enough this year but 
Embiid is just he, he, it's hard for him to stay healthy, right? And then, well, and it's like we said that Milwaukee, they've been you know one of the best teams the last four or five years, and they made one finals. It's just right. hard, you and, know? and so that that's where it's it's always interesting to me the argument between like right now versus a couple of years out because like everyone's like, oh yeah, your window's open, your window's open, your window's open, but like. If you're Memphis, right, you're the two seed this year. Like, it, yeah, maybe your window's open, but now you got to pay John Moran as max extension kicks in. You got to decide what to do on Dylan Brooks. And so you were a team that for three years, everyone was like, man, Memphis is a sleeping giant. And then all of a sudden, like, maybe you're not, you know? Yeah. And that's that's where it just, you know, little things go your way here and there. And that's why, like, with the Clippers, like, it's fun to insult Steve Ballmer, right? He's, you know, your, your soccer dad who's got a lot of money and he's screaming and yelling. But, like, and people were making fun of him not to jump in. Like he, he made a big thing in the press conference that the new arena is going to have 10 times as many bathrooms as other arenas. And I was like, Oh, that's so stupid. I'm like, that's a great idea. Like that. Yeah, I, I love that. I think that's fantastic. I mean, yeah. Like don't knock a guy for like innovating a clearly good idea. More bathrooms. Is, I mean, I, I mean, Steve Ballmer is obviously clearly very good at life. You know what I mean? He's yeah. probably been very lucky too, but but I think, like, you know, going all in on wings that can shoot and play a lot of different positions and guard a lot of different people, like, anybody who's making fun of the Clippers now, like, let's go back to when they got these two guys, right? Like, yeah, they gave up a lot for Paul George. Don't get me wrong. And there's always that risk of ruin because that happens in every deal that you make. But there weren't a lot of NBA people that, like, I would say that we both respect that were like, oh, yeah, this is not going to work out. This is Well, and then also think of the time. We're talking about 2019. Kawhi had just won the title. As like looks like the best player in the world, Paul George that last year in Oklahoma City was what third in MVP voting. I mean, and he was I'm looking it up 28, 29 years old. So you're yeah, telling me that not, this is a bad risk to take? No, it's again. It, this is this was I think you know you you have to assess every risk in, in a vacuum. But like this is a risk that you know you wouldn't even think that this was really like low risk, right? Like, and then also look at this. I mean, not to pile on this point, you know, Paul George broke his leg. But aside from that season, he came back, played 81 games, 75 games, 79 games, 77 games by the time the Clippers acquired him. So he wasn't seen he had as come this off massive that shoulder, injury risk. The only thing he had was the shoulder surgery, right? That was like the oh, only yeah, other he thing had he had that. had. And that was something that they handled in the offseason. He came back, he had his best season, right? And so, you know, Kawhi, definite injury risk. But there were also whispers that, like, you know, he just decided he didn't want to play for San Antonio anymore. So, like, he might have been healthy at the end of the time in San Antonio and just didn't want to come back, right? So... It's not like we're the, the, the biggest mistake that I thought the Clippers made was the 80 million for Marcus Morris. And obviously they gave Reggie Jackson a lot of money. But like, if you're assuming that your best two players are going to, you know, be healthy, you're going to pay the tax. You're going to figure it out, right? You've got Norm Powell, you've got Robert Covington. You, you know, you can make some deals in the middle of the season. And like, it's a disaster now, but I think it's, it's fine. The, I, I think they, they, they purely, in my opinion, ran really bad. Like, I, I think like maybe there's a 50% chance it works out and they hit like the 10% outcome to me. Yeah, I mean, terrible. And if there's any silver lining, I say it's as a brand with Steve Ballmer, New Arena, I think they've become a viable free agent destination, like a not a prestige team, but like, you know, in terms of free agents, a top 10 team, you know, in terms of where you want to play. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, it's L.A. So and they, yeah, pay, a LA. Of, and they pay a lot of money. But again, the, the financial rules are changing. So mm-hmm. whether what they're going to be able to do and, you know, what payroll they're going to be able to run. I just is, don't think know, with Steve Ballmer, they're going to get back to the place of being like a joke. Or Hornets or yeah, something. All right. Let's uh, let's wrap for that. What about let's, Doka? You have any last thoughts? Grade that higher. You don't you don't want to speculate. I mean, I think it's 
you know, I said to you, like, Ime Odoka seems like he's a very good coach and probably not a great human being. And it's not all that different than a lot of people who are very successful in their field. I think, you know, I don't know why um, you would want to go to Houston of all the teams that like might open up. Right. Cause like Minnesota might open and like, that seems like a, a reasonable place to go to. So I'm curious about why he wanted to go to Houston, especially with what we have heard goes on behind the scenes there uh, in terms of like what John Lucas is in, uh, you know, voices like and what Tomer Furtado does. So I don't really know that, uh, but you know, probably a good hire, probably a good hire for Houston. I think he is. Yeah. I think he's a good coach. And the, uh, the only thing I wanted to flag too about that I think is interesting is Nick nurse had been rumored in Houston. Seemed like he had one foot out the door in Toronto. Is this a situation where do you remember the NFL Doug Marone like got out of his contract with Buffalo because he thought he had another job and then yeah and then, he ended, job. and then he ended up as like the offensive coordinator at Syracuse or something or like he ended yeah. up as like the O line coach in Jacksonville line yeah and so Nick Nurse like is he gonna definitely get a job next year I don't know I think Nick Nurse will be unemployed for exactly as long as he wants to be unemployed but do, I mean how many openings are there right now I don't know. Detroit. Yeah. And what else is open? And do you want to take that? In right? Toronto, like you can't go you know, back, Minnesota, you can't like said, Min- back in. Minnesota could open. I'll actually even check Twitter right now before we leave to make sure that Minnesota didn't open. And I, and I don't think that, uh, I don't, I don't think Minnesota Maybe should. Philly? Would Philly open up? That could open. Yeah, that could definitely open for sure. Philly, Portland, maybe um, off chance. I don't Portland know. should. <laughs> do you see like Chauncey Billups was at the Clippers Suns game? The other night and like there was like a big deal about it it was like yeah chauncey he was you know he, he knows he's really good friends with like kd or whatever or chris paul and him are like really close friends and it's like he worked for ty Lu, and it's like why are we showing a, another nba coach like as a star of the game like it just it's it's odd, you know and also like you know i think another prediction would be jason kidd has the respect of the organization i guess but oh, yeah, I think that's also one. That's one that yeah. I, I think I texted you that, that like Mark Cuban is firing Jason Kidd immediately well, once Nick Nurse became available. Well, and also like if Kyrie, does Kyrie want to stay because he likes Jason Kidd or if he leaves, then I think they'll be like, why do we have Jason Do you Kidd? want Kyrie to stay? That's another thing. I think right? they have so, to. Yeah, probably. I don't know. All right. That's it for us this week. Okay. Uh, he is Zan underscore Ellison on Twitter and Reddit. You can email the show ZanderKellison at gmail.com. Be back next week with second round takes. Pretty exciting. Things are moving fast, Sam. Yeah, so. d- I mean, you can't ask for a budget better than potentially Lakers, Warriors, yeah, potentially Lake- Suns. Lakers, Warriors, Suns. Suns, uh, Nuggets is definitely Nugget, happening. that's happening. Then we're probably going to get Philly Sixers? and Boston. Wow. Yeah. And so, the biggest of all, Miami Knicks. Miami and New York. We'll see a lot of Jeff Van Gundy <laughs> grabbing on to uh, what's his, Alonzo Morning's leg, right? <laughs> or, or whoever. Well, I can't remember. Yeah. Patrick Ewing's leg, whatever. So, all right. Yeah, as always, Sam. Right. Thanks for listening to the Underdog Sports NBA Show with your hosts, Tyler Laurie and Zandrick Ellison. Tune in next week for more NBA storylines and news.